Welcome to the Trailbreaker Podcast. I'm Aaron Feinberg. In this podcast, I explore what it takes to be a trailbreaker. Through intimate conversations with people carving new paths across the landscapes of business, art, and sport, we dig in on how to excel across seemingly disparate endeavors. What drives people who manage to succeed multidimensionally? Is it how they think? Is it meticulous planning and follow through? Or is it some measure of delusional optimism? My guest today is Todd Turner, a 20 year veteran in the advertising space, creator of Wash a Big, a creative training game, and co founder of Up to Something. We talked about what Wash a Pig is and how you can support it how everyone from creatives to dance instructors to leadership trainers can use it, and why your inner critic is always wrong. Good morning, Todd, and thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hey, Aaron. It's great to be here, but I got to ask, what is going on with your mustache? Oh, this handlebar mustache definitely was not in play when I saw you years ago. Uh, It's a fresh cut that came into play because my daughter's school is having a fundraiser tonight and it's 80s themed and I don't think I look good in neon and I can't break dance so I'm going with early 80s heavy metal look (laughs) I like it I like the James Hetfield look that's good that's who I'm going for he was uh if I could have been a rock star I wish I would have been him Uh, but there is only one um it's good to get reconnected my friend so the backstory is you know, you and I worked together years ago, uh, came into one of your companies and, and did a couple day offsite. And that's where we first met. And then so amazingly, you dropped a message into my LinkedIn just a couple weeks back, just reconnecting and gave me the best compliment ever about how much you used what we worked on in that, in that workshop. And then also, uh, told me about this new project that you're kicking off on that we're going to talk about today. And I thought, all right, well, this is a great, opportunity to put you on the show and and talk about this trail break that you you've got in place so really excited to, to talk to the listeners about your project wash a pig uh, now before we get into what wash a pig is give me a sense of kind of where you play in the creative space yeah so i am working in advertising on the creative side of of advertising um, I'm typically on the visual side in, in advertising. There's usually copy, you know, the words, and, uh, then there's the images and those are done by art directors or designers. And, uh, so yeah, I'm usually more on the, um, visual side with, as an art director or creative director, but it's, it's, we'll get there with wash a pig, but it's kind of the opposite on the other side. <laughs> okay. And, um, in terms of how you work with teams, right? You're, you know, there's a lot of idea generation. There's a lot of brainstorming. There's a lot of uh, discussion and and sort of ripping things apart. How did Washapig sort of start from that space? Yeah, there was, um, you know, 10, 10 or so years into my career, I found myself kind of leading a team of about 50 creative people. And they were all on the visual side. They were designers, art directors, um, that kind of thing. But in this particular job, which was at a billboard company, uh, art directors have to be a little bit of art director and copywriter both. And so I needed a way to kind of train them on how to just write better headlines for billboards. 
And that's how Washapeg kind of, you know, really kind of came together as sort of a, a, you know, icebreaker at first, but then really became like a tool that was like teaching people. All right. So instead of talking all around it, let's talk about what it is. So this, not only what is Washapeg, but how did this name come up? So, um, okay, I'll, I'll start with what it is and everything and get to the name later. Uh, Washapig is, I'm calling it a creative training game. Uh, originally called it a creative copywriting game, but really it's, it might be about writing headlines basically, but it's, it's so much more than that. It works, you know, no matter what you're doing, what you're doing, as long as it's creative thinking, it'll, it'll kind of help spark that. So, uh, what it is, is a card game, which is just like this. And, um, there are three types of cards in the game. You've got what cards, which are your product or something that you're, you're writing for. So it could be uh, paper straws or it could be, um, you know, computer hardware or it could be a plumber. You know, it, it just runs the gamut. Some are fun. Some are kind of more normal businesses that we see every day. Some are goofy. Um, the other cards are a how card, which is a way of writing your headline. So it might be a limitation, like you can't use any verbs, or it might be something specific that you have to do it, like write it like a poem. Um, and then there are who cards, and those are target audiences. Um, and those could be anywhere from uh, like psychologists that you're writing <laughs> your ad for or uh, gardeners or farmers or new parents and all kinds of different things. Okay. So, so you got all these cards and so you got a group around the table or you could do it one on just with yourself. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could just do it with yourself. Of course, I, I love doing it in teams and everything because uh, it's, it's just fun to really see that interaction between, people you know you were saying about collaboration in in advertising creative like yeah you know you're usually working with a partner almost all the time when you're coming up with concepts so yeah um you know two heads are better than one is always the case uh too many is a problem but you know two to three people is great so yeah you just kind of pull two cards always a what card and a who or how card and you kind of combine those and you get a prompt like write a headline for whatever your what card is speaking to whatever your who card is. Okay. Now, not to put you on the spot, but could you demo one for us? <laughs> I will try. Um, usually I give uh, people about five minutes to write a headline, but I'm not going to go in silence for five minutes here. So um, I'll pick a, a couple real quick. Um, all right. So I'll, I've picked a what card and a how card. And what these create is a, you know, write a headline for a bidet using onomatopoeia. <laughs> now immediately all kinds of things come up for onomatopoeia, but you know, it, I mean, imagine an ad where the headline is just whoosh, you know, <laughs> or something like, <laughs> Or, oh man, uh, it could get really bad, but you know, plop, plop. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. I got you. I got you. The, the, yes, the, the show is typically, you know, PG 13 R, <laughs> but we might be dipping into X territory here now. Uh, yeah. Sorry. I picked that one. <laughs> no, it's a good one. I love it. Keep going. No, don't, don't let me censor you. Uh, this is, uh, we can take it where you want to go. Yeah. 
Um, well, let's let's do a different one that can get away from a little more PG and everything. So I've got uh, write a headline for Frozen Fish Sticks speaking to IT support staff. And I immediately, I, I hear fish, and I think with IT, you think fishing with the pH. Um, I don't know of a quick headline I could do it, but that would be, you know, that's the train of thought. I would start going down that path, like, yep. you know, you know, no fishing allowed, or, you know, when your company doesn't allow fishing, or I don't know, when you crack down on fishing, you know, it's frozen fish sticks, so you don't actually have to do the fishing, but... You, you you spell it with the ph and then it support staff understand the the joke <laughs> totally yeah i got the gist and i think that's uh that's clear for sure awesome and so this idea first came to you how many years ago oh this was probably um sorry hold on there's a cat <laughs> go Sometimes we have uh, video bombers on our podcast here. So um, hold tight, audience. Todd had a cat invader. What's oh, the God. cat's name? No, you're going you're gonna to cut that out, right? Oh, my God. No, we're Jesus. leaving that in. We're leaving that in. Dude, What's the cat's name? <laughs> this is Josie. Okay. <laughs> she, she might be a little annoying. I'll just have to kind of shoo her away every now and then. So if you see me lean... No, it- <laughs> So it's totally fine. This is uh, we do very little editing here on the Trailbreaker podcast because we're real life in the this moment. Is, so this is the work from home life now, right? Yeah, Josie's welcome. It's an inclusive <laughs> place. Um, so yeah, I think uh, uh, I was asking when did this idea? How many years ago pop into your head? So it was about uh, 2014, 2015. That's when I uh, first became like a creative director for a larger company, and and had that team of 50 people. Uh, working for me and again needed to kind of train them on copywriting this was kind of the way to do it and the the really cool thing that happened in that moment too was all these 50 people were all over the country they were in all different offices and everything and um, one of the main like side effects I guess of of this game and, and playing it is that they became friends you know, it was like this real quick icebreaker. Like they were kind of thrown into these groups of, you know, three or four and they had to collaborate with each other. You know, I throw out an idea, you throw out an idea and, you know, we kind of bounce it off of each other. And then what happened after this whole conference and this get together was that some of those people in those groups just stayed creative partners, you know, hundreds of miles away from each other, but they, you know, just collaborated online, you know, almost daily. That's so cool. And Where'd the name Washapig come from? So Washapig comes from a, uh, a book called Hey Whipple Squeeze This by Luke Sullivan. Uh, it is kind of considered the, the, the advertising creative textbook. You know, it, it goes in depth and, and you know I read it when I first got into advertising and it kind of changed my entire worldview about advertising and what I could do. And it taught me so much very quickly. At this point, I've probably read it five or six times. Um, but... In that book, Luke, uh, Luke writes like a little blurb about, you know, what is creativity? What, what's it like and everything? And, and his definition is creativity is exactly like washing a pig. It's messy. You don't know where to start. You don't know what you're doing during it. And by the end, you're not even sure if the pig is clean or not. <laughs> 
So I, I actually met him and everything and uh, asked him like, hey, I have this game that's uh, kind of it's kind of a little bit based on some of the, the teachings in his book, too. And um, I asked him like, hey, I got this game. This is what I'm doing. Is it cool with you if I name it Washapig? Because I think it's appropriate to kind of give a nod back to you and, you know, explain what it is. It also just makes a fun story because everybody asks. <laughs> that's awesome. And. And again, there's no right way to start a, a, a business or a project, but was this something that you kind of modeled off something else that you had seen out in the world? Or was this like a, uh, oh man, like I, I kind of created this thing in my head. Um, you know, there's probably like some influence from Cards Against Humanity. I mean, it's a huge party game. It became like a cultural phenomenon and everything. And and this whole idea of just kind of pairing cards randomly, um, I, that that mechanism probably influenced how I built the thing and, and put it all together for sure. Very cool. And, and that kind of leads me to my other question around, you know, use cases for this. So obviously you can use it in the professional space. If you're creative for sure, idea, idea generation as an individual or in, in groups, could you use it as a fun party game? Uh, and, and at kind of what age range do you think it works best for? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly people can, um, I have taken great care. Well, it's, it's probably got some topics of like, um, you know, there might be cards about alcohol or something. So may, if you're super sensitive to teenagers <laughs> writing headlines for that kind of stuff, uh, you might want to just take those cards out, but most of them are, you know, I kind of try to make them you know, halfway between normal things that we see every day, like, you know, again, plumbing companies, HVAC companies, uh, self-driving cars, but then like some really goofy stuff like um, a vintage clothing store or paper straws is always my favorite example because it's just so odd. Like, why would anybody be advertising paper straws? But that's what's kind of great about it. And that's what gets your brain moving. Yeah. And have you noticed any spin-off effects and how you think because of running yourself through this wash a pig kind of creative thought process um yeah i mean i've it, it's almost a um it's almost something i was doing before i created it was just kind of trying to combine random things i mean that's really what creativity and advertising is all about is taking two very different uh kind of starting points and finding ways to connect them in interesting ways. Um, so I was kind of already doing it. And then yes, if as the moments where I am doing it regularly, um, you know, I have a business partner where we have an agency and everything. So when we play it together, like making a point to do this, it's, it just becomes second nature when we actually have uh, a job to do, you know, we got a real project in front of us and all of a sudden we kind of, we have shortcuts in our brains to get to a creative solution simply because of playing this game pretty regularly and everything. And that's this, exactly the same process I found with, with my teams that were playing it for sure. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and any advice for people who, if they grab a set of cards and they're struggling with just getting the process going. And I, I don't know if equating it to writer's block is the right analogy, but you know, anything that you would tell people if, uh, if they, if it's not coming super easy right out of the gates. Um, yeah. You know, the, what I love about it is it's, it's very low stakes to do this, right? It's, it's, there's no points, there's no job, there's no, you know, career. Nobody's going to fire you for <laughs> writing a bad headline. So they even eat, they even tell you, you know, 
when you're doing it professionally, go ahead and write the garbage headlines, get them out of your head. And so this gives you kind of permission to go ahead and do that. And that's what gets you to overcome writer's block is just getting started. Really. I mean, that's the hard part is having that white sheet of paper in front of you and then starting something. So this gives you kind of a way that you don't have to think about what kind of prompt you want to write about. The prompts kind of randomly generated for you and you just go. And if you're stuck, you know, pick another one. That's fine. You know, there's always going to be a combination pretty quickly where something clicks real fast. And the more you do that, the more it happens. I mean, just, you know, the creativity is like a muscle, you know, you use it or lose it. <laughs> awesome. And this is the, the second version of the stack of cards. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. I'm, uh, I started this in 2019 and, um, I launched it on Kickstarter. This was, you know, didn't really have much of a following or anything, you know, I'd, I'd kind of done a little bit online, kind of showing these prompts around it got, you know, a few followers and stuff, but I was like, I, I really just want to see this. Like, even if I can just make it for myself, uh, that'd be really cool. And, and I can use it myself and use it with my teams, but maybe some other people could use this. So I, I put it on Kickstarter and just needed like a couple thousand dollars or something to just, get a few made. Um, that's all I, I thought it was going to be. And then, uh, well, I, I doubled what I asked for. So I think I asked for 2000 and I ended up getting a, probably over 5,000, uh, on that, on that first run. And, um, you know, since then, uh, that was 2019. Then of course we had, you know, a pandemic <laughs> between then and now, and a lot of things have changed. So I thought, um, yeah, you know, I could update the prompts because, you know, all of a sudden, Video conferencing is a, a big thing that, you know, you, you should write a headline for. And so that's one of the prompts, like a video conferencing app. Uh, things just like this, podcasts. Podcasts became like even bigger than they were before. So uh, writing headlines for a comedy podcast or speaking to podcasters or something like that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, I wanted to just update it. And this is the best way is kind of do a new version of it and kind of like release this game in volumes uh, going forward, kind of doing a, a big new batch. So this one has there are some prompts from the first version that just works so well. I had to keep them in the game, <laughs> but it's pretty much like about 90% brand new cards. Awesome. And uh, I want to call out that there's a new Kickstarter that you have in, uh, that's currently running right now, uh, up until the 19th of October. Is that right? That's right. And, uh, and, and how much, uh, I mean, you don't have to share the numbers on it. I guess like, people can see it, but, but what's your goal? Like, you know, obviously it was, more successful the first time that you did it, but now what are you shooting for in terms of, you know, impact or uh, kind of how you want to, cause this is a side business for you too. So obviously that, you know, it's a, it's a passion, it's a, it's a fun project, but it's also, you know, something you're trying to put out in the world as a, as a side hustle. So uh, what are you shooting for? So we can uh, see if we can garner a little support for it. Yeah. So I, I kind of took it what I got last time and the, the end goal and put that as my, now goal and see if I can and overshoot that and everything. So right now I'm asking for 5,000 and at the time we're recording this, it's just over halfway. Um, and we're about halfway through the whole campaign. So I hope I'm on a good pace to get there <laughs> in the end and everything, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, also, you know, it's increased it because I just want to add better production quality. I mean, the first one was just to get something done because, 
I barely knew what I was doing. So just wanted to get it out there and get it out, you know, relatively cheaply and everything. But, um, you know, ever since then prices have increased too. I mean, God, like just printing cards. I was shocked that since I printed the first round, the price of just printing cards has doubled. So anyways, you know, it's just trying to make it better, uh, make the, the prompts just more relevant to now and everything. And, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's going well and I've got some like great people sharing it on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter. And every time somebody else shares it, there's just this influx of, you know, new, new followers and new supporters. And it's been, been really good. Awesome. And I feel like I, I might be butchering this, but I feel like you've also put out some prompts for people to sort of engage on those platforms too. Like you, you put it up and then ask people to sort of populate the chat with, uh, with some of their ideas. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on, on my own accounts, I mean, you can go and grab them if you want from there and just share them with other people. But I actually made a, a folder on a Google drive that people can go and download some specific ones I've put together for them to share if they want to do that. Nice. And, um, and just jumping back to the sort of the business side of things, anything other than, you know, the need to refresh and also the sort of, um, you know, I'm sure you learned so many things and and kudos to you for jumping in, right. And just like starting where you were, uh, figuring it out as you go, not getting hung up on the, on the perfection side of it. Um, anything that you feel like would be fun to share around just the lessons learned about like starting a little business and, and uh, you know, what you struggled with and then, you know, kind of what you're doing different uh, for this iteration. Um, yeah. You know, the thing I still struggle with is actually like the financial side of it. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to like make a living on this. If I can, I mean, anything I make really profit wise is just going right back into producing more inventory or, you know, kind of upgrading different elements of it or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, doing the math on, okay, what does it actually take? I mean, I don't do any marketing, so that's like a zero on the line item, which I shouldn't be. That's I'm in advertising and I'm not spending anything on advertising (laughs) or marketing, which is so, so funny. I was surprised I didn't do that, but, um, but yeah, I mean, just like all those calculations, like trying to figure out every step of the whole production process and shipping and all those steps and putting that into kind of your, your calculator to figure out, okay, how much do I need to charge for this thing? And what's fair? Like, I don't want to like gouge people by any means. And I, again, I want to make it accessible and affordable. So it's not hard to get there and everything. Um, some people have said like, well, this is a B2B product, so you should like double your price. I was like, I don't want it to do that. Like, I want it to be easy for anybody, and especially students, you know, I might say that like, it's, I think it's really great for people very young in their creative careers to, to get it. So I don't want to like put a barrier up that it's, you have to work for somebody already in order to play it. And that just doesn't make sense to me. So yeah, that's, that's still a challenge for me and trying to figure out um, just, just how to calculate all of that and, you know, maybe grow this into something where, okay, maybe, maybe I can make part of my living off of it possibly, or even reinvesting in other things completely different from this. Cause I could see it being, you know, more of a publishing company at some point where it's books or other gamifying creative products. Awesome. And, and I think it, if you're able to share a little bit about 
what we talked on offline about, you know, in terms of who's buying these, like, cause you did mention there's companies that, you know, have bought a number of, uh, of these and spread them around their teams. Um, uh, so, you know, you've got companies, you've got individuals, you've got students. Um, so yeah, where's the, where's the initial, uh, customer base coming from? Uh, yeah, the, the main customer base I think is, uh, individual copywriters that are working in marketing or, or advertising. And it could be, um, I expected like strictly advertising people to kind of gravitate towards it, but I'm shocked that, you know, content writers and social media managers, I mean, obviously they are kind of advertising writers too. They are writing captions. They are engaging people. They have to be fun and clever and everything. So, um, finding people like that SEO writers, which is usually just trying to hit certain keywords and they've told me it's, it's boring and it's, it's restrictive trying to like hit all these keywords in this uh, article I'm writing or something. So they use it as like a break to keep things fresh. Like maybe they can still be creative while still, you know, hitting certain keywords in their, in their copy. Um, but mostly, yeah, it's, it's from the advertising side. Um, mostly, um, advertising marketing. Uh, but I always find, you know, some people at just design agencies, web design agencies, especially because copy is such a big part of a website. They, they use it as again, just a way to generate ideas, uh, for anything. And I've had huge agencies, like some like publicly traded (laughs) agencies buying, you know, several at a time for multiple teams of creative folks. Um, all the way down to students or, you know, just basic copywriting freelancers. Yep. And, and my, it's interesting. Sorry, my, <laughs> to interrupt you, I just got to tell my favorite story is I found out, um, uh, I, I got somebody from the university of Alabama, uh, ordered one. And I was like, I just reached out to her. I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like you're, you're at Alabama, you know, I, and I know Alabama has like a good advertising department. Come to find out, she's not even in the advertising department. She's a dance instructor. and No way. Yeah, she teaches dance at Alabama, and she was using it to give prompts and just random ideas to her students to, I guess, come up with dance <laughs> routines or or movements or something based on uh, the, the combinations of Washapig. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's kind of what I was about to go into since we've been talking about this. You know, I think about the work that I do and a lot of my colleagues in the coaching and training space do, right? So we're running these big, uh, you know, events for companies. Could be two hours, could be a day, could be multi-day leadership events. And and there's always a need. And, I, and while I hate the icebreaker approach to certain things, I think there needs to be, um, you know, not just to get to know you, but tied into something that the group's learning or something they're trying to solve for. And I just think about this activity as such a great, thing to use in getting people uh, to think about how they think or to work in groups or to, you know, look at that meta lesson that's to learn, be learned. Like, what do you do when you're struggling or how, how do you, you know, uh, the self-talk or the weird stuff that we get hung up on internally and does it have to be good enough and this and that. And so I just see it as like a really fun tool to use uh, for the work that I do. And so, yeah, you might have another market in there of, um, of corporate trainers and, and executive coaches that might want to grab a, a set. I, I would love that. <laughs> you know, I do think, uh, yeah, it, you know, icebreakers kind of a term we throw around and it's like 
like it kind of sounds icky, like it's too forced or something. But you know, in in playing this game, but then after playing the game with a group of people, and then going into maybe something that's more of like a uh, a teaching session or something, I found that they're vastly more engaged. You know, like their their brains just working already. You know, so after lunch, you know, you get that like post lunch, you know, fatigue and everything. You maybe you play Wash a Pig, and then that that next session where you have to listen for a while, uh, you know, your brain is already in the mode of thinking, so you're you're already there, and you don't kind of have to overcome it and fight it. Nice. So give us a, a sense. So the, the Kickstarter ends on the 19th and then hopefully you, you meet it and then you'll jump into a, a production run. Is that right? Yep. So then I will send it off to print. It's you know, pretty much like 90% done, designed, ready to go. Um, yep. Depending on the, uh, the end result, you know, if I get a lot more than I expected, I can add more to it. So that might change like, you know, the size of the box that it's in or something like that. So uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that I kind of double what I'm asking for again. Um, might be a little far-fetched this time because I'm only at 2,500 now, but... Um, Shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon, buddy. Come on. That's why I'm here, Aaron. <laughs> You're going to help me. Uh, well, it's going to blow it out of the water or something. Somebody's going to come in and just donate $5,000. Uh, no, I... You know, it's... Go into a production run, you know, usually as I've been testing, you know, how long it takes to produce and everything, it doesn't seem to be very long. So, you know, I should be able to produce, print and ship all of these before December. So if anybody's thinking about it for Christmas or, you know, client gifts or, you know, gifts for employees at your agencies or something, it'd be great. Stocking stuffer. Yeah. Well, I even have... Um, you know, some, some companies, uh, two portfolio schools and another marketing agency have reached out to me about custom packs they wanted to buy in bulk. And in order to make it kind of cost effective for them, I made like little custom packs. So it might be 35 cards instead of 150 and mm. they can put their logo on the front of it and put a little blurb on the back. So it's kind of co-branded for both of us and they can give that to potential students for, for their portfolio schools or, uh, you know, potential clients or even potential employees that they're, they're recruiting creative people and just makes a, a fun little giveaway on that too. Fantastic. That's a great idea. And, um, I want to wind us down on a slightly different topic. And, you know, when we were prepping for this podcast, you had talked to me a little bit about just the discomfort that, Sometimes maybe you feel around even like sharing this type of stuff out there in the world. And I think that's something that we all struggle with. It's, it's not comfortable uh, to, to throw your stuff out there. It's not comfortable to ask for money or to get people to, be, to get excited about something that's kind of near and dear. And the creative process is pretty personal. So, you know, what are your thoughts on kind of how this has been to sort of open yourself up in this way? It's, uh, it it's been a learning process. You know, I still, I still have to kind of struggle to, to overcome that inner critic of myself or just thinking like, ah, this, this game is so stupid. People are going to think it's dumb and they're not going to like it. And, and then I kind of think like, I just embrace it. Like, yeah, it is really dumb. Like, and that's kind of the point. So like, just go for it. And I'm not trying to be like, Oh, this is going to make you all of a sudden an award-winning writer or creative person or something. It's just, 
for God's sake, let's just have some damn fun. Okay. <laughs> and that's it. But yeah, I, I still even, even working in advertising and marketing where I'm constantly selling products for clients or, you know, making them famous and putting them out there on billboards and digital ads and everything else. I could do that all day long, but when it comes to doing it for myself, all of a sudden I'm fearful of it. I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's human nature in a lot of ways, but what have you done to sort of circumvent it? Uh, really, it's been forcing myself, you know, like video is such a big deal right now. Even doing this podcast with you, I know there's a video component. So putting myself on camera uh, was very hard, but um, I just recorded a video for this Kickstarter campaign. You know, I, I knew I needed to have there should be a face to this product. It can't just be faceless and everything. And if you know who's behind it, you know, you're, you're likely to just engage with it a lot more and everything. And, you know, you know, you're supporting a real person behind it and everything. But, um, yeah, it's just really just ripping off that bandaid and doing it. Um, you know, I'm going to do a callback to the training sessions with you. Uh, you were teaching us how to do public speaking. And the first thing you made us do, which was so uncomfortable is we just get up there with no training whatsoever yet. And you record us doing our little speech, our little intro speech or something. And then we had to go and watch it later. And uh, it was, it was uncomfortable, but it, it is the best thing all the time. You know, it's, it, and so you just got to get over it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember that session too, but for a different reason, I remember our walk to dinner. Uh, we were in Chicago and the whole group was, uh, it was a couple day event. So we were walking as a group to dinner and you and I wound up walking together. And, and I remember you bringing this, this wash a pick topic to me. And, and I remember being like, you know, just never heard about it. You know, you and I had never met before and you were just so passionate and, and vulnerable about the whole thing and excited. And, and when you reached out years later and said, you know, I've really dug into the wash, but I remember the exact thing that you, uh, that conversation, right? I remember the product. I remember why you cared about it, the whole thing. So I do think that ability to just sort of reconcile that inner critic and jump in and have faith that if it matters to you, it's the right thing to throw out there. And, um, and the world will, will ideally receive it pretty well, ideally probably better than, than you, than you think. So, you know, I applaud you for, for jumping into the, into the fray. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, to wrap that up too, what I've, what I kind of realized with kind of putting myself out there, um, is that, uh, you know, some people aren't going to like it. Some people will. But once you do, once you get out there and, and do your thing and you you do it to that awkward point where you think it's awkward, nobody else thinks you're awkward. <laughs> and I've gotten so much feedback, you know, that people love what I create or, you know, whether it's wash a pig or, you know, I'm doing a, a public talk or something like that. Like people are really engaged, uh, you know, so that inner critic is always wrong. <laughs> Almost always. Yeah. And what I tell my clients a lot in, in the coaching sessions is, is usually you got to run your perspective through the logic and reason and, and rationale filter. Right. So it's like, okay, I feel this way. And my inner critic is telling me this, but like all this other information in the world is telling me the other thing. So, so what am I going to listen to? Right. Am I, I going to get ready to drop that that internal noise and then pay attention to what the world is really telling me. And that that's a great way to sort of, you know, 
you sort of change what you do to help you change what you think. And, you know, it's a kind of a fundamental of cognitive behavioral therapy, but really it's around, you know, if you jump into the fray, if you start doing, uh, you know, what'll happen is you'll probably get feedback to say, you know, hey, you should start thinking something different, right? So I think that's a really amazing step. Um, and I think it's, you know, it speaks to the wash a pig magic too, which is just like, just start doing stuff, start putting stuff on paper, start making up funny connections. And, you know, the first 10 might not be the, uh, the gold winner, but, or the gold, the gold winner, the gold medal, um, the big winner, but you're going to start that thinking process and that new approach to, to struggle and something's going to click. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, doing, doing these kind of public speaking kind of things or, or doing videos and podcasts, like, yeah, part of it is kind of selling something, but you know, I, I try to embrace it. The way I, I get through it is, just telling myself, I don't need to sell. Let me just like tell people why I've made it. And if they like it, they like it, you know, and if they don't want it, they don't want it. That's fine. You know, but, but I get more nervous when I feel like I'm trying to sell them something or, or trying to make this into some sort of commercial endeavor. And then I got to remind myself, I'm just a person. And so are they like, it could just be two people talking to each other basically. And let's just, let's talk through it. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we were talking about how we would approach this podcast, you know, I, I do think it, you know, I really am glad you joined because, you know, it's not supposed to be telethon style where it's like dial in and support the, the, the Washapig, uh, Kickstarter, but it's about you getting that thought out there and the process that, you know, you went through to create it and, and the things that you, the walls that you sort of circumvented. And, and again, it's your intentions are pure. Your, your, um, your goals for it are pretty admirable. And if people resonate with it, great, then, you know, you're not asking for, for a whole bucket of money, but uh, I think you might find that, that when you show up that way, the world sort of, um, throws it right back at you. So let's see what happens. I, I'm really glad that you, that you joined me. It's so great to get reconnected after all those years. And I am wishing you good luck with this project. And uh, also uh, appreciate that you joined me today. So Todd, thank you so much. And I hope you have a fantastic rest of your week. Thanks, Aaron. It was great talking to you again. Really appreciate it. All right, my friend. Uh, good luck, and uh, everybody check out Wash a Pig. The Trailbreaker Podcast is created by Aaron Feinberg with production support provided by Michael Mori. More interviews and videos can be found at aaronfeinberg.com.